Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Parenting is theater. We're showing, not telling our children how to do relationship. And they're watching. Uh, They're watching to see how we share uh, amongst our partners, how we take care of each other, how we uh, respect each other, how we fall on our own swords and make amends, even though that's hard to do, how we fix things and repair. So all of these things are important and it starts now. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 349. Today, we're talking about your coupledom, how to keep your union together after kids with Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppy. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God, this is such an important episode. But listen, before we dive in, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And if you have gotten some value from the Mindful Mama podcast, ever, 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 
please do me a favor and go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us the rating and review. It helps the podcast grow more. It takes like 10 seconds, and it's just so truly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppy. Kara is a psychologist, teacher, feminist, and mother. She's spent more than a decade working with individuals and couples towards healing, growing, and becoming grounded. And Stan Tatkin is a clinician, teacher, and developer of the psychobiological approach to couple therapy. He has worked with couples and individuals in a clinical practice for more than 35 years, and they team together because they have written an amazing book that I love called Baby Bomb. And listen, this is not just for you if you just have a baby. It is for all couples who have children. We talk about this idea about how to have our relationships thrive even in parenthood because it's like we're often overwhelmed we're we might be sleep deprived there's so many demands on our time and how do we and you know our partners co-parent as a solid and supportive team while also like having a secure relationship with each other this is so so vitally important it's really really incredible I loved talking to Kara and Stan, and I learned so much. I know you are too. So join me at the table as I talk to Stan Tatkin and Kara Hoppy. I love the title of your book, Baby Bob, which I think is so appropriate. Most of the listeners are parents, but maybe you could just describe for us, what is the reality for most people, you know, after we have a baby and, and suddenly we've got kids in the picture? What's what's the reality of what's happening? Uh, well, I mean, as you know, as a parent hunter, like everyone says when you're expecting that everything's about to change, you know that you're like, yeah, okay, you know, <laughs> and and obviously everything changes. I mean, your relationship to your partner changes, your relationship to yourself changes, and your whole life is turned inside out. Um, a lot more responsibilities. I mean, there's the learning curve of figuring out how to be a parent, um, trying to keep this baby alive and figure out what they want and need when, when I mean, really, nobody's ever done this before. I mean, be, when you become a parent, it's like a first time thing and the stakes feel high. Because it's such a, like a vulnerable, precious baby that can't even hold up their own head. And so everything changes. And, um, and I found in my own experience and then in my clinical work and then talking with Stan about it as well as um, there is a need to support partners and how they can manage or mitigate the changes and really tend to their partnership so that their partners throughout the journey of the change and still getting along, liking each other um, as they grow as parents. Your book says that the research shows this, that you and your partner need to make your relationship a priority. And for most people, a lot of people think, well, no, the baby is the priority. Like, forget about you now. I'm focused on the baby. Why, why is that? What's going on? Well, uh, you know, it, it, everything has to be uh, organized, structured, according to hierarchy, in terms of how two people are going to be a couple to begin mm -hmm. with, 
And if they decide to have a family, how they're going to manage the family. Are they a couple or are they going to dissolve the couple and now be parents only? Uh, the term mother or father is really for kids. It's not for the couple. So, you know, uh, we do know that couples that uh, up into old age that are successful continue to be romantic, continue to be uh, lovers, lovers in the sense that they love each other, that they're attentive to each other, that they're still affectionate with each other. And they also put the relationship first. Now, what that means is that in terms of decision-making and governance, there has to be something at the top. We might think of it as the roof of the house. They're the roof of the house. They're the, the people that are in charge of everyone and everything. So if the couple system is not in good shape, then it, it just goes to follow that the kids are not going to be in the best shape either. So everyone is depending on the couple the outside extended family, neighbors, friends, work people, and in particular, children. So uh, we wanna make sure that the couple knows that this is a couple project to raise children. It's not a singular project, that they're not supposed to then go into their own silos and parent separately. They've got to work together as they work with everything. And so we wanna prepare couples for the emergence of a third person here that they're going to have to integrate into the family and maintain the coupledom, the union, the alliance that they created, hopefully, uh, to begin with. Yeah, I think that makes a, a lot of sense, but obviously, but, it, you know, I think the reality of this, what happens, I see a lot in the people who come to mindful parenting and all, you know, is that one oftentimes one parent is has chosen to sort of stay at home with the kids we mm -hmm. get get kind of channeled into these sort of traditional roles without even even just talking about it where yeah. the you know for instance the the mom is or some, oftentimes it's a dad i know i got a few uh stay home dad listeners and you know is is home with the kids the partner who's home with the kids is like doing all of the things parenting becomes like sort of the uber parent and then the you know it, it really becomes sort of this lopsided very lopsided affair and that mm -hmm. has a whole bunch of problems i imagine in, in my own relationship with my husband i was like we were very adamant about being sort of like having these conversations about fairness and partnership and and him being an equal parent with me. Yeah. Um, but I, th I don't think that's the norm, right? Like it, no. it's, it's more often lopsided, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, culturally, like you said, Hunter, I mean, it's so easy for hetero couples to like fall into those gender roles. I mean, they're everywhere. They're on television, advertising geared towards moms you know, all like, I mean, we have on, you know, support set up for moms in terms of like Facebook groups, you have a question, you can ask a bunch of moms, like that support doesn't exist in the same way for dads. So it's so easy for it to happen. And then you also have like the biology of it. You yeah. know, if you have a birthing person that is like identifies as female, that has like a whole other bunch of implications where they become the primary, if giving birth, nursing, 
I feel it right now as a pregnant person in a hetero relationship where I'm noticing, I mean, obviously I am carrying a higher burden. I am carrying our child right now. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Like, and there's, there's no way around that. And I think about that too. And I guess like the part that I think we talk about in baby bomb, because we bring up the culture in each chapter and the biology pieces of it is are the partners coming together and dealing with this as like an outside problem or are they attacking each other about it? Like my husband and I, like in this pregnancy we have, I've just said like, it's not fair. I have morning sickness. I'm tired. Like, you know, I'm carrying a higher load than you and and it's not fair. I I mean, I love being pregnant, but that first trimester is so brutal, you know, it really is. And, and I'm not coming at him. Like I'm mad at him. I'm coming at him. Like we need to collaborate and figure something out to like, to navigate the lack of fairness in this. Like, you know, let's not make him the problem or me the problem, but let's make the problem the problem and come at it as two people dealing with it. So Mm. I guess it's like a shift of like consciousness of like making the the problem the outsider, the like the lack of fairness and the patriarchy and all of the cultural parts. Mm-hmm. And then having two people be on the same page of we want to do this differently. How can we do that differently? Knowing that the 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 cards are stacked against us, I guess culturally and biologically. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And, and may I dovetail on that, what you just said? Mm-hmm. 
because this also happens in non-hetero couples as well on um, the imbalance, the lack of fairness, the lack of collaboration or teamwork. And it sounds like what you did, Hunter, is you did the right thing. You you talked about it beforehand. Uh, you you know, if partners would only do this, that is, if they do see each other as as an equal union, uh, mutual stakeholders, that they think about what they're about to do, and they also, uh, you know, uh, ex expect the best but plan for the worst. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? And if then, so, um, are we prepared for this? What if this happens? What if this happens? Are you going to be there? Um, are you going to be supporting me? Um, will I be supporting you? Uh, all of these conversations are important to have before jumping into something as big as having a baby or getting married for that matter. Uh, and so th that is what we're advocating here is something called secure functioning. A relationship of equal power and authority that's based on justice, fairness, and sensitivity, but also that has to remain fully collaborative and cooperative at all times. Some of this is based on sort of attachment, right? You're talking about attachment. Yeah, exactly. And for a lot of the listeners, like attachment is just simply a thing between <clears throat> parent and child come solely right like that this is the way we think about attachment is like is my child securely attached right but there's a lot of different sort of sides to this attachment story that you bring up in baby bomb right, right. Just, just to correct that attachment starts being measured in the infant caregiver relationship but it is uh it it, it carries throughout the lifespan mm -hmm. not as a static force mm -hmm. It's one that can be changed with every relationship, but to be sure that we're also talking about attachment systems in the adult pair bonding system as well, the adults, the parents. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it, it is, it does start at the beginning, you know, um, with the caregiver and the, and the infant and then throughout childhood, but it can be changed. And that's why we made the attachment continuum in baby bomb to show that secure, you can be securely attached, but then stress can take you into a place of insecure attachment and there you move around it. But I also want to like say that attachment is, it's not about personality. It's about a sense of safety and security that we feel as people in the world in, in our relationships. So that's like, mm -hmm in friendships it's in obviously in partnership it comes up huge in partnership and then in the uh, parent child relationships um and it and it's like we as human beings we're wired to want to feel safe and we need that we need that and so if we don't feel safe we try to figure out ways to feel safe and and sometimes if you're not feeling safe in a relationship like like if Stan and I were close we're friends I'm not feeling safe with him I'm going to do whatever I can to have that feeling of safety and that might be lashing out at him making him a villain it might be pulling away and retreating in some kind of like self-soothing behavior that's what I'm going to do because I need to feel safe and that's like what partners do with each other when they're not providing each other and they're not providing themselves with that sense of safety and security. That's where we get into trouble. Mm. So we, 
we we're we want to feel it. We want to feel grounded. We want to feel safe. And sometimes our methods of feeling safe are very self-destructive, you know, based on our attachment strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Or culture. So, I mean, it's so interesting because you guys place it very, you know, there's a, a, there's a clear foundation here, right? Like you have to feel safe, right? Like that's like yeah. the biological drive of like the nervous system. That's like the only system fully developed right at birth is like that. I need to feel safe system. Right. And yeah. then, and then at the basis of the, the whole parent, you know, family relationship is the couple and that mm-hmm. couple needs to be, have this feeling of safety within them for everything else to kind of flow from there. Right. That's why we say in the first guiding principle, the couple has to come first. Like partners have to make each other feel safe and offer that sense of safety to each other for everyone in the family to win. Because otherwise, like their partners, if they don't feel safe are doing their own things to feel safe, but then also children sense that they sense that like mom or dad doesn't feel safe or isn't getting their needs met and their survival is dependent on that, on their parents. So kids will fill in the gaps. And Hmm. that's why we want to help people learn another way of doing this by offering each other the sense of safety and love and belonging. So then kids can just be kids. They're like, they got it. They're good. I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it is I'm going to do. And that's, that's ultimately um, what what we really want to help people with. Okay, so let's imagine like a, a couple has a kid, right? And they 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 have a, a three-year-old, maybe they got another one on the way. I don't know. Probably, I didn't mean to describe your situation if that's what it is, Kara. But anyway, like so let's imagine that. But let's imagine a couple that maybe hasn't she's been, blonde and uh, she's blonde, she's wearing overalls uh, and uh, and there and so there's there's there may be feelings of like resentment or unfairness and stuff like that, that are coming up. And there, you know, the, maybe, you know, listeners in the situation like that is saying, well, how do I get back to, I mean, we've already been in this pattern for a while. We've had a baby mm-hmm. bomb. We got another baby bomb coming. Like it, it's a minefield of babies around here. And we gotta, how do we get back to this place of uh, a secure functioning team. Like for a lot of people, it might feel like a really far off kind of idea. If this was a natural thing, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 it is actually a natural thing if we think of, of how all unions are formed in a free society. Unions, unless it's a dictatorship or slavery, unions are based on shared principles, shared purpose, shared vision. Otherwise, there's no reason to do it, right? It's a deal or no mm-hmm. deal kind of thing. So let's agree. Let's let's agree to uh, to do this, and let's agree not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say, and that is that is the basis of all unions throughout human history. The only union that is uh, is oddly characteristically uh, not doing this. Uh, is the romantic union. The romantic union is the only one where people go in with some kind of tacit understanding or idea, usually it's their separate ideas, of what the relationship means and what the purpose of the relationship is. People will generally say it's about love, it's about attraction, it's about spending, having spent time together, or it's because of the kids, when it really should be 
uh, purpose-centered based on real things that people will do for each other and never do to each other, um, that, they, that they will work collaboratively and cooperatively and that they will both get what they want and they will both avoid what they don't want. Right. That's how it should be. So mm-hmm. whether you start before you have a baby, whether you start after you have a baby, whether you start when your kids are already grown and, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, secure functioning relationships are the only kind that will last a very, very long time, as long as people wish um, and, and will be happy. Any other system will end in rancor, threat unhappiness, resentment, lots of memory of what happened uh, that was never repaired. And so, so this is why we're, we, we say that this is really the important thing that couples do at any point uh, to, to, uh, to shore up their relationship and to ensure that the relationship is awesome, not just serviceable, right? It's got to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we have to remember that parenting is theater. We're showing, not telling our children how to do relationship. And they're watching. Uh, they're watching to see how we share uh, amongst our partners, how we take care of each other, how we uh, respect each other, how we fall on our own swords and make amends, even though that's hard to do how we fix things and repair. So all of these things are important and it starts now. Um, uh, And so it's never too late to start to build this in to the relationship. Otherwise, you know, uh, we'd all be in trouble. Um, And, but we can learn to do this. Yeah. And then I, I think like to the example, like that you were saying, Hunter, like, and kind of just like building on what you just said, Stan, it's like, if that's happening in your relationship, it's great that you're aware of it. You know, if you've mm-hmm. noticed like patterns of resentment building over the years. And I would say, I mean, obviously the first step is like outside of awareness is like talking with your partner about in a very inclusive way, let's do something different. I don't think this is working for either one of us. So again, you're making like the problem outside of the couple mm-hmm. and like, then you're bringing in your partner to let's solve this. Mm-hmm. This is not good. You know, we're not connecting. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We like each other, you know, and we're doing things to each other and, you know, outside of each other, that's not fostering th- that to grow. and and. And that doesn't matter. That happens to couples. I mean, Stan and I see it in our practices all the time. It's like, that's life. People change, you know, people don't make plans, you know, to have babies, babies explode their lives, you know, all sorts, you know, know, all sorts of things, life happens. And that can, that has an impact on couples and they can fall into like destructive patterns with each other. I think that, that I just, I know like as a, as a partner myself, you can get out of destructive patterns. And I know as a clinician, you can get out of destructive patterns and it takes that awareness and communicating and like coming in together for both people to attack it together, not attack each other. It's you, you're doing this. It's you, you're doing that. That's not going to work. You know, I, 
it just isn't because it's just going to be a fight. They're off to the races and we all know how to fight with our partners better than we know how to fight with anybody else. You know, I mean, that's just like long-term partnership, you know, and what Stan and I are saying and baby bomb and Stan says in his other work is there's other ways to do this. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. You know, I love what you're saying like that. It really comes down to this awareness, right? A awareness, like, you know, your emotions are telling, giving you messages that are important. Right. And like, what are, what are they telling you? What are, what are these messengers telling you? And, and, you know, something's wrong and mm -hmm. this communication awareness and communication, which is just what, you know, I teach in mindful parenting. And we talk about, you know, in this podcast all the time, which is this idea of, and you're saying like, instead of this, you know, this habitual, natural, blameful language, you, 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 and we just kind of fall into those patterns of like blame. This is, this is all because of that person, you, and if you would change everything would be better. Right. But, and then instead of saying, um, instead you're kind of pointing to this idea of like a little taking as a couple, taking responsibility for whatever has arisen, between yeah. you and saying, this isn't working. Like this is, we are having a problem with this. I love this idea of kind of externalizing it like between you. And it's, a, it's so similar with what we teach with the kids. Like, well, you know, be, let's be on the same team. Let's look at things in this external way. How can we both win? And one, yeah. thing, one thing you can tell them is, you know, work, work the problem, not each other. Yeah. Yeah. Problem, not each other. Uh, and I mean, if it would just do that, they would actually get something done. Right. And it's such a, I mean, it's such a wonderful fantasy to be like, if you just changed, then everything <laughs> would be fine. But that's what it is. It's like a fantasy, you know, because it's, yeah. it, it, you know, it doesn't, 
work that way. You both have to change and the way that you solve problems together has to change. You know, it's not. Really and I think it's like our locus of control is ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Our locus of control is ourselves. So it's like, you know, that is a fantasy of like, oh, if that it's, it's like our lazy fantasy. <laughs> Everything right. around me would just be perfect. Then I will be all right. Thank you. You know, but okay. So it sounds like maybe, you know, if you could say to people like, okay, I want the secure functioning team. I want this. Step one is to say like, listen, we've got something's going on. We got to talk about this. I mean, would you also recommend like there's some, maybe some repair that needs to be happening? What if somebody feels really wronged and they feel like the other person needs to be doing some repair? Uh, They both need to make amends. Growing up is knowing how to fall on your sword and putting the relationship ahead of being right. So so, uh, we're talking about a relationship-centered orientation, a two-person psychological system of Mm -hmm. teamwork that we uh, put something higher than ourselves. And that is the union uh, the relationship that we created in our heads, it's a mythology, something we created, but we created it, hopefully, and mm-hmm. we abide by the principles that we set, how we're going to govern each other and everyone else. And this is made by two people, not one person. So we have a problem. We go back to the drawing board, and let's say it's a problem of uh, of sharing our feelings. Well, Let's start at the top. Should we, in this relationship, do we want a relationship where we can or are allowed to share our feelings? And then both of us say, yes. Okay, that's the starting point. We agree. We both want that. Now it's a matter of how do we do that? What are the conditions? What could go wrong? Uh, What's the manner in which we're going to do this? That's respectful and that doesn't hurt the other partner. That's a discussion anybody can have and that can be worked out ahead of time. And as long as people buy into the ideas that are being put forth in the back and forth, it's governable, it's enforceable, because we're actually getting agreement on something and giving each other permission to enforce that agreement. But people would have to look dispassionately at the problem and unionize and think about how is this good for both of us? Most people look at what where they disagree and what they uh, don't like, and they uh, fail to move up a few levels and to start to find where they actually do agree. Most people agree on the big ticket items. Yeah. And then they and then get into the facts that we're different people. The way I like to feel loved is different than the way you like to feel loved. No problem. We both want to feel loved. No problem. We can do that. And so this is really about understanding that where you go, Hunter, I go, we're tied together. There's nothing I can do that won't affect you immediately and won't affect me in return immediately. That's systems. Those are, that's a system that's reacting to itself. And if people start to understand this and people do on teams, people do in the military or in cop car partners, they understand that their lives depend on each other and they have to move in coordination or they're not going to make it. Um, There's only two people in a couple, two people holding up the union. The question is, are they both standing for the union or are they simply standing for themselves? And in that case, unions will always fail. 
it's in, it's incredible because it's really you're bringing it back to this idea of interconnection, right? Mm-hmm. Interbeing, interdependency, it, interdependency. Yes, like where we're, we're so trained to be independent, right? We're just mm-hmm. ourselves. We're so like individualist. At least in the United States, right? There's some studies about you know, country cultures. And then the United States is the most individualist (laughs) culture of any culture on earth, right? Like so individualist. And we think that's amazing, but there's drawbacks, especially when it comes to this situation. Yes. Like working collaborative and cooperatively with people to get things done. We're not so good at that. Take a look. Right. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. But I love this idea of agreements like, okay, like we can agree that we both want to be able to express our feelings. What are some other agreements that we should be making as couples? What are some healthy agreements that healthy, secure couples make with each other? Well, let's take parenting for one. Um, Do we uh, do we both want our children to be healthy and happy? Yes. Do we both want our children to be good citizens? Yes. Do we both want our children to stand up on their own two feet and be able to handle life's vicissitudes? Yes. Do we want our our children to be good neighbors, good citizens? Yes. Okay, we could go all the way down the line and you and I will probably agree. Now, the question is, how do we achieve this vision? Now we have a shared vision which is really important that mm. we have a shared vision. We're not mm. pointing in different direction. I'm not saying, no, I'd like my kid to be a sociopath, um, right? That would be a problem. Uh, not because I want them to be a sociopath, but because it's in direct opposition with what your vision is. So our vision is aligned, good. Now you and I are completely different. We're gonna parent differently. We're gonna get to that vision differently. And that is a constant um, improv in a constant collaboration with each of us cooperating because neither of us are experts on this. This mm-hmm. is a moving target, a baby, mm-hmm. a child, developmentally, the brain is, uh, is uh, moving at a rapid pace. And so we have to be on our toes and we can try things and get ready to drop them and try something else. So the fact that parents are different, have different backgrounds is, is actually a feature, not a bug. We know that children benefit from more than one caregiver. Uh, Their brains develop uh, more heartily. There are many more uh, 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 neuropathways, both vertically and horizontally when this is done. So that's a good thing. Now we're back to, do the parents, are the parents able to work together as a team? Mm -hmm. So this is grown-up stuff. That means that people have to learn to, uh, to come up with the best idea for now based on their arguments of how to approach this problem. And then they try it out and then they go back to the drawing board. That I think is fun. That I think is what parenting should be. And by the way, dealing with all problems that come past the, you know, come to, uh, toward the, the couple, we work on problems and we solve them for now, put them into action, and then we go back and rework them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I let uh, one thing that's coming to mind as I think about this, which is um, what, a, so you may agree like, okay, we want our kids to be happy and healthy and functioning. We don't want them to be sociopaths. We're good on that. But then I get the question constantly of the, I, there's one parent who wants to parent with collaborative kind of modeling, like a, say a parent joins mindful parenting and they, they decide like, I want to work on 
not yelling at my kids. I want to like, maybe not be using, I don't want to be spanking them or, or scaring them. And I want to be maybe not using timeouts and things like that. Right. And they may have okay. a partner who also wants their kids not to be sociopaths. And it thinks that the way to do that may be to, to be threatening and yelling and, and spanking and things like that. So where does a couple like that start? Cause I get this question all the time and I don't, I'm, I'm not an expert in how to answer that question. It's a little, so I turn it over to you, please help. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to answer this one? Yeah. I mean, I, I see similar things in my practice too, with couples that have very different ideas about discipline mm-hmm. and how, like to, how to make the, even if they have a shared vision, big picture, macro, how to do that in the micro. And I find that it, it comes back to communication and collaboration. Like, I'm curious, like, why do you think um, both? I mean, I'm, I tend towards respectful, gentle parenting myself. So that's an easy, like, of course, you know, we don't do timeouts and stuff in our home. Um, but, but, but I'm curious about the other person. Like, why do you think that spanking is beneficial? You know, like what, you know, tell me more about it. I'm not going to immediately like disregard it mm-hmm. because that's my teammate Yes, saying, I think spanking would be beneficial. I personally don't believe that, but that's not what's like important right now. What's important is like that this person, my partner, um, and again, my partner doesn't believe in spanking either, but let's say he did, you know, I could feel myself having feelings of like, that's threatening. That's scary. Yeah. The whole mama bear totally thing would come out. Right. Right. I can have those feelings and still have a conversation with my partner. Mm. So kind of, Um, you're talking about like, kind of come, this is, I'm I'm so happy you said that because that's, this is the advice I offer. Get curious about where your partner is coming from, right? That attitude of kindness and curiosity from mindfulness. Like why, why do they feel that way? But, but what you're, what you're suggesting is like, say, okay, it's okay for me to have these feelings, this feeling of being threatened by this, but right now I have to step into this role of, you know, this place of I'm in this partnership. I'm mm-hmm. on the same team. I have to understand. It's the I game. Need- it's the game of influence me, persuade me. Yeah. We're tell gonna, me what's good about spanking. We're going pers- to, like, yeah. you know, like, what do you think? And I mean, chances are you can talk these things out. I do this with couples on the daily, you know, as long as you come in, like, open-hearted, like, I accept you. I accept Mm -hmm. this point of view, even though I don't agree with this point of view, but I accept you as a human being. So tell me, where are you coming from? You know? And then it's like a conversation. It's like a collaboration together. It's not just like, that's terrible. Don't ever say that to me again. Like, I can't even hear that. I mean, that's really like shutting down, not just that conversation, but an opportunity to change, an opportunity for couples to have more authenticity with each other, more intimacy with each other, to have a safe place where I can say these like crazy ideas and like still be accepted. I mean, that's what like I as a clinician want to help couples have, you know, of like being, having a place where they're accepted as they are, even though they might have these things that, yeah, like I said, it's, I don't agree with, but 
know? and this idea of like listening and in an open-minded open-hearted way is opening up it's like taking down those defenses right you're like opening your mm-hmm. there's opening a vulnerability and you have the one locus of control which is you so like you you can open up your vulnerability right or be your curiosity and maybe also hope that that helps your partner open up theirs right but also remember this remember the the the, the situation here is we're dealing we're dealing with two generals right mm. these are two people with equal mm. power and authority they're yeah. both they're both the buck stops with both of them so they're they're trying to come up with the best plan for now that they can. Therefore, there is no one boss here. And if generals don't get along, soldiers die. That includes children. And so they they have a duty to uh, to work the problem and to come up with the best solution. Therefore, they have to remain influenceable. Otherwise, one person now is taking over control, and that won't work. It won't work. There's blowback with that. So it's not just managing yourself. It's coming to the agreement ahead of time. We do this together or we don't do anything. We move together or we don't move. There's no blaming and saying, well, I did this because you wanted it and now it's all your fault. No, we don't move until we get each other on board. And if we know we have to do that, we'll do it faster and faster. Hmm. It sounds like a lot of conversations that parents may have trouble having time to ahead do. of time. <laughs> All this is done ahead of time, not when you're in the thick of it. Well, I will say I did both. I'll <laughs> 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 just be honest. Um, and I'm doing both right now, being pregnant again. We're having the conversations like, you know, like um, things that we would like to change in like the early stages of parenthood based on like learning through like the first experience. And I know Hunter, I know that parents are like short on time, especially in like the pandemic and with childcare being hit or miss and our own bandwidth being hit or miss. Um, and, but I also, I also know that it's possible to have these conversations and they don't have to be, in fact, they shouldn't be multi-hour things. Mm. They should be like short. In fact, you can have them in front, like when your kid is around, as long as you're both like regulated, you're taking care of each other as you're having the conversation. Like I said, like, you know, um, I want to hear where you're coming from. I want to tell you where I'm coming from. I want to reach an agreement like together, like Mm -hmm. Stan said, that'll work for right now for maybe even like, let's just be real in the pandemic, maybe for today. Today, we're not going to do timeouts. Okay. Like, and like, you know, or like just for right now and like, see how that goes. And what we, I want to like help like in my own partnership. And then like with the couples that I work with is introduce like, that fluidity, like the improv Stan was talking about the yes. And like the, we can figure this out on the fly and trust each other enough to keep it moving. What we want to help couples um, move away from is that brittleness they can get into the rigidity. No, 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 no. Then you've got conversations that no parent does have time for because they're not working. They're going on for days, hours, weeks, and there, and there is a lack of collaboration. And usually that's coming from 
like, um, you know, stuck to go, go back to attachment theory, stuck in their attachment strategies. Right. Of like, and, and, and I'm just thinking memories. Exactly. I'm just thinking about myself. I don't feel safe. Your behavior is scaring me. I need to feel safe. And that isn't collaborative. And a lot of times that's unconscious. People don't realize they're doing it, you know? Um, and that's something people could say, like, listen, I'm not feeling safe in this moment. Like that's something you could say. And, and it's, it's sometimes it sounds funny. Like if that's not your normal modus operandi for communicating, but you know, here you have permission to say, I, I don't feel safe in this relationship right now. This is how I'm feeling. And, and the, in a secure functioning relationship, that other partner has a responsibility to take care of that immediately now yeah. without argument, without question, without excuse. I care if you don't feel safe in this relationship, that's a problem for me as well. I'm going to take care of that because we are, we are in fact, uh, uh, assuring each other, I am responsible for your safety and security at all times in this relationship. You are uh, responsible for mine. Therefore, I hear that and I'm going to take care of it right now. That now, has people, to happen. Would people say that's codependence? I know no, uh, that's that, interdependence. Yeah. It's interdependence because if, <laughs> if we're tied together interdependently, not codependently, codependently is a one-way deal. I'm giving, I, I'm living on crumbs, giving you everything, hoping I'll get something in return. No, this is mm. a fully mm -hmm. equal thing. We're mutual stakeholders, pal. I've got to do this. You got to do this. Uh, so do it. We both agreed. So this is, uh, this is equal partnership. If you are unhappy, I will pay for it. I know this. There's no way that you can be unhappy or insecure or unsafe without me paying for it. It's in my best interest to shore that up. That's interdependency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think this is such a this is such a, such a healthy way of looking at it, but also very clear and logical. I love the way you're presenting this as so very clear and logical. And I think it you're and hard to do. And hard to do. Yeah. So what yeah. are some, what are some places like what's maybe an easy place to start, to start, uh, these, some of these conversations, like what are some ways to, to get started with it? To first, to first settle the matter. Um, are we on the same page with regard to the relationship being the central mm -hmm. thing? The couple comes first, our, our well-being, happiness, uh, uh, comes before everything and everyone else. For, for reasons I just explained, because everyone's depending on us. Therefore, everybody, everything else secondary, because if we go down, everyone goes down. Second, do we, do we tell each other everything? Does the right and left hand know exactly what they're doing? Um, if not, why not? Because the greatest commodity in a union, an alliance, is information. So if we're not sharing and fully open with each other, then we're not able to do business well, and other people are going to suffer for it. Um, are we, do we have each other's backs at all times, no matter what we could give each other notes in the background, but in front of people with each other, we are each other's guardians. We, uh, are each other's backers. We are absolutely protectors of each other because the world will never do that. Only we will by agreement. Um, um, do we deal with third things, third people, together or we do we do it separately? I just take care of my ex-girlfriend by myself. Well, no, that threatens you. 
because you don't know what, what, what I'm doing over here. We handle all other things and people together. Um, and that makes us awesome. That makes us powerful. That makes us two people who can handle anything that comes across the table. Because the, the essence of a good couple is the amount of load bearing it can take. And make no mistake, as we move through time, there's increasing load bearing. And if we're not really good as a team, the wheels come off. And so, so we have to decide now, where are we pointing? Do we agree on these things of how we're going to do business with each other? It's not about changing who we are. It's about how we interact. And that is a must because we want to be able to handle everything quickly without ever going to war, if possible. And we want to be able to create things. And we can only do that by really being good at working together, even though we're annoying, pain-in-the-ass human beings. <laughs> That'll never end. I love this. I love this vision. I want to just like capture what you just said and rewind. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think, I, yeah, and I think it's also important to add that it's a practice. It's, it's a, a moment to a moment practice of us being imperfect people that we are, that are, Absolutely. you know, get into our head that this is better for just myself. I mean, like I have to remind myself of this on the daily, like that I'm part of a team. It's not just the Kara show, you know, and I, I, I like have a tendency to do that and think that what I, what, how I think things should be done is the better way. And I have to, you know, practice humility and grace towards myself for having that. And then remember like, yeah, that this is a practice that we fall off of and get back on, you know? And, and, and the good news is that's why human beings invented amends and repair because, mm -hmm. because we are perfectly imperfect. That's fine. As long as we fix it right away. Mm -hmm. And I love that you guys have these like practical steps for those amends. They're so beautiful. <laughs> they have a wonderful, dear listener, they have a wonderful do and don't chart, <laughs> including do, I'm sorry, don't, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry you feel that way is never. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. I've totally said that to my daughter and meant it. Like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but instead just say, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry I, did. I'm I sorry said I did. that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if I said that sounds like something I'd say, um, <laughs> you know, um, you can never go wrong by leading with, you know what, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. That was stupid. I should not have done that. I would not have liked it if you did that. Um, you know, um, there's a reason why we repair and it's, and it's because it literally because uh, people are warlike um, and we're threat animals and we repair because we're trying to hold unions and alliances together. So it's essential. It's essential. It's essential in psychology um, from the very beginning with mm -hmm. infants. The whole idea of attuning, misattuning is the beginning of repair. I misattune with you and then I get back on track because I want to get along with you. That's the initial repair. And then later on, it's sorry. I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, daddy. Right. It is, it is the, it is our need to, to keep the relationship intact. And in family cultures that do not repair, uh, create a lineage of very angry people who make society pay for the sins of their parents, because yeah. it is a huge, huge issue in the justice and fairness area. Mm -hmm. So grow up, learn to fall on your own <laughs> swords, do it for the relationship, 
Um, uh, and 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 it's it's this is a character matter. So one last thing: secure functioning is very simple. It is really hard to do, but yeah. anything worthwhile is hard to do <laughs> because basically we're lazy creatures and we'll always default to the easiest, most most uh, immediate thing that makes us feel better, even though it cr- it crashes the relationship. Yeah, yeah, we're wired for survival, not yeah. for thriving. So, <laughs> so it it takes our yeah, we're wired to have you know lazy shortcut taking brains, and that's yeah. you know just conserving energy. And so mm-hmm. yes, it does take work. Us. It is worthwhile. I love that. That's important. Yeah, yeah, it's a leveling up, like this idea of secure functioning, and that's and, that, and that's across all human beings, no matter where they are on the planet, gender, sex, uh, doesn't matter your history all people are the same in this manner. Yeah. This has been so wonderful to talk to you guys. I wish I had another hour to talk to you about <laughs> it and ask all kinds of questions. Um, the The book Baby Bomb is a relationship survival guide for new parents, but I think it's also for if you already have kids. So I would definitely check it out, dear listener. Um, Kara and Stan, thank you so much. You guys are, are gems. It's wonderful. Where can people find out more about you and carry on the conversation if they'd like? Um, yeah, thanks for having us. This has been so fun. I feel like I feel so passionately about this because it's been such a game changer for me personally. I um, and it's I like thinking, I mean, like not thinking, but practicing doing something different than I was learned or taught or modeled by mm-hmm. my parents and knowing I'm passing that on to my children. It mm-hmm. really means a lot to me when my son and then my daughter to be, or when she's here, watch me repair, say yeah. I made a mistake. And like, that's okay in our house. We make mistakes and everyone still belongs. You're accepted making mistakes. And that's mm-hmm. like, I, Anyway, I feel really passionately about doing this. Um, but you can find me um, at karahoppy.com um, or on the socials at karahoppy. And I'm actually collaborating with Stan, um, Pact Institute, and teaching a course based on um, our book, but for expecting couples and then parents of all ages, aged children. Um, and you can find more information on the Pact Institute about that. The course is called Win-Win Parenting. Better partners make better parents. And you can find me at thepactinstitute.com. That's P-A-C-T. And there you'll find uh, links to uh, all sorts of articles. And if you're a therapist, uh, training in the Pact model. Uh, or if you're a couple coming to our Pact retreats, which we do uh, throughout every year um, around the country. And um, and in social media, it's Dr. Stan Tatkin on every social media platform, pretty much. Well, thank you guys so much. It really has been a joy. I really appreciate the work you put into the world. Um, and I, I appreciate your time. It was not, you, dear listener, it's not easy to get three people have very different <laughs> schedules together. So it has been a feat to get us together. And, and I hope you appreciate it as much as I do. Um, so thank you guys so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Hunter. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Mama podcast. I really greatly appreciate your time. 
and your attention. It's so great to connect and, and it's so meaningful that we can connect on these incredibly important issues. Oh my gosh, I feel like I learned so much from this. Listen, if you love this episode, please do me a favor, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Mindful Mama Mentor. It's so great to hear your ahas. If you have an aha, put it there or let me know. And I would love to hear what you're taking away from this because I'm taking away a lot and bringing it to my honey. So I'm wishing you a great week. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have some peace, some ease, all that good stuff. I hope you are able to be present for all the people in your life you love. And I hope that this has helped water the seeds for that for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Namaste. definitely do it it's really helpful it will change your relationship with your kids for the better it will help you communicate better and just I'd say communicate better as a person as a wife as a spouse it's been really a positive influence in our lives so definitely do it I'd say definitely do it it's so worth it the money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. 
there are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent. And I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first time or second time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.